In today's episode, we're talking to the author and host of Influencer Networking Secrets about opening doors in ways you would never have expected. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shadow the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited for today's interview and excited to be here with you today. Before we dive into that, my customary update, the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. I just want to say thank you so much for all the wonderful feedback, all the five-star rave reviews. We're just about passing now 700 ratings in the U.S. site for Amazon, meaning 1,000 global ratings across the board, and just so much enthusiasm. I really could not be happier or more grateful, and I'm also happy to say that the YouTube channel, Andrew Cap has hit more than 700 subscribers there. So we've got 700s across the board here. I'm really excited. Again, you can check out the book by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll take you to the listing where you can get either the Kindle or the paperback or the audiobook. And of course, if you want to check out YouTube, it's uh, simply youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. With that said, let's dive straight into today's interview. Paul Edwards is an executive ghostwriter for faith-based influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. He specializes in capturing the writer's voice and producing a steady stream of content to reinforce their impact through books, blogs, emails, sales letters, tweets, video scripts, digital courses, you name it, so much more. He's also the host of the Influencer Networking Secrets podcast, and he's just released a new book with the exact same name. So I'm really excited for this interview and where we're going to take things. So let me switch mics up and let's dive straight on in. Paul Edwards, thank you so much for being here. And welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Really looking forward to adding value to your audience and uh, seeing where this leads. You never know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to engaging in this conversation because we've had a, a chat before. So I kind of know you're, you're kind of like an endless well of value. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're this huge loaded gun. I just want to make sure I point it the right way because I want people to get uh, the, the best value in this condensed period of time. So um, uh, there, there's so many different directions to go in, but we might as well start with the book and the show because, you know, you call it Influencer Marketing Secrets. And, you know, on the surface, that title's pretty obvious, but I think a good jumping off point, which will get us a peek into your brain and your thought processes, what made you choose that title and, and what's the emphasis that you kind of go into when you're expressing through those formats? Yeah, it uh, took me a while to figure this out. Um, but uh, to put it simply, um, influencer networking secrets means the secrets of networking with influencers and the secrets of how influencers network, mm. right? And that's the best way I've found to put it because that's, that's not ambiguous at all, actually, if you stop and think about it. There are people out there who, who seem to be able to project their message and their value and their proposition into the marketplace through other people, right? So, so, so that you rarely end up having to tell people what you do or try and sell people what you do, right? You, it, they come to you and they try to sell you on uh, having them as a client. Uh, on recommendation from other people that they know in business or, you know, personal friends, relationships, whatever the case may be. 
And I found myself doing this long ago, long before I was in the internet space, long before I was hosting a podcast, long before I was writing best-selling books. I was in the insurance business here in Olympia, Washington, uh, where I've lived for the last 15 years. And I would sit in my office and I would be working on raising funds for a nonprofit that I was affiliated with, minding my own business, right? Not, not really thinking in that moment about where's my next client going to come from. And my phone would ring and I'd, or, or my email would, uh, you know, I'd get the little ding when the email arrives and I'd look and it would be, um, so-and-so told me I needed to talk to you because I need help with my insurance. And I said, what's the, what's the secret of what I'm doing here? I mean, every business community has referrals, right? Um, but what I found was as, as time went on, I needed to spend less and less time cultivating those relationships and more and more time just uh, solidifying and investing in the best ones. And I, I reached a point where I did no paid advertising I did very little networking, very little, very, no community trade shows or events, you know, none of the stuff that a conventional insurance agent might do. Um, and I just would, it would just, it happened on, on autopilot. All I had to do was wait for the phone to ring. Mm. And, um, and then there were other things, right? So the, the, there's also this thing that happens, <clears throat> seemed, seemed to happen to me. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why Um, might be a a combination of my personality upbringing, how people perceive me, but I kept getting invited into rooms. I had no business being in (laughs) and talking to people I had no business talking to, right? People who on any other given day would have stepped right over me. Right. But because I was friends with so-and-so I'm suddenly standing in front of this person and negotiating some kind of deal for some other group over here and, and getting business out of it in the process and I just said, there's something to this. This is not just coincidence. It's not random. It's not unintentional. And it's not just because people like the way I part my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it led to a book, which led to a journey, which led to doing what I do now. So you're getting these invites into these rooms by you know, people that are, I mean, they're, they're doing right by you here. Did you ever have the awkward conversation with them of, listen, straight up, like, what? like I appreciate this, but why, why the hell did you choose me? Like, did you ever broach that? Cause that's an awkward thing to ask. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously it's, it's asked with respect, but also genuine curiosity because you want to figure things out. Did you, did you ask in that way? Or did you go about figuring out why this was happening in a more indirect way? I wouldn't say I asked it, but I did have some people volunteer it. Okay. Um, great. And part of what happened was the, the strategy that I had to adopt when see when you're in the insurance industry, um, and, and several other occupations, you can't sell what you sell because nobody wants to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out something else to talk about when you're in a um, networking setting. You have to figure out something that people are actually going to want to talk about. Even if you're a very charismatic and, and pleasant person to be around. And I would put myself somewhere on the maybe scale of one to 10, maybe a five or six in that category. I'm not, I'm not, horrible to be around, but I don't think of myself as the brightest, cheeriest, most, you know, cartwheely type of person there is either. Right. So I had to have something engaging and interesting to talk about. And luckily the way I went about getting business early on was to go to other, was to go to groups full of other business professionals. 
And I quickly figured out that I wasn't really trying to reach the population at large. I was actually trying to reach those business owners because they were already uh, centers of influence among all the people that they served and networked with. So I would go and I would do presentations on, you know, how to network effectively and how to build connection with people and how to market yourself online on social media and all that type of thing. And people would come up to me mysteriously afterwards and they'd say, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. It really is about the relationship. I see you all the time. You give great presentations. You give great content. It is about the relationship. Let's sit down and have a chat about um, my insurance. So they would give me those reasons. And I, I really, I regret to say that I only, I only have anecdotal memory of it. I wish I documented it, right? I wish I had paid more attention to that because at the time that would have been really useful and I could have doubled down on that. Mm-hmm. but it was the learning experience I had to go through. And my future didn't lie there in the insurance industry. I now realize that. Um, but yeah, there, there was evidence out there. If I had been, if I'd had better eyes to see it, I think I would have. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm reading between the lines on this and, and I'm interpreting, I'm giving my own version of this, but it sounds to me like what got you in the room, it just sounds like you're, you're an earnest, genuine person that wasn't shoving a product down someone's throat, which it wasn't going to work with that industry anyway. And um, because you weren't trying to do that, people didn't sense a feeling of, of desperation or, or um, you know, neediness or, yeah. you know, or pushiness in your vibe which probably, you know, and I don't want to cast a bad shadow on, on that industry, but there's a, even if it's not true, there's a stigma. Even if it's not true, there's a stigma of people being in that way. Meaning when you're the guy that isn't that, and it's so effortless and you're not, even, you don't even realize it when you don't realize that you're doing something right. It's even righter because mm-hmm. there's, there's no, there's nothing forced. It's almost like you don't want to know because all of a sudden then you're self-aware and then you've got a, a weird tick that you didn't even expect. But it sounds to me like because you just went about giving value, being a good person, and not being over the top in this specific industry, um, things kind of fell into place from there because the people liked you as a refreshing change of pace versus what they might have yes. been used to or even might have been expecting even if they weren't used to it. That's, uh, that's an interesting observation because <clears throat> what I observed was well, what I, what I did uh, to, to ingratiate myself with, particularly with my uh, network when they were on Facebook, was I would post pictures of Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day to mm. caricature myself as a joke, right? And people thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but there's a reason Ned Ryerson is funny. Right. And that's because most people when they're selling insurance don't understand you're not selling insurance. You're selling you. Mm. See, he doesn't understand that. And he's so, you know, butt blind oblivious to it that he, that he makes a caricature out of himself. And, and Stephen Tobolowsky did a great job of, of driving that point home. It was a caricature exaggerated role, but it was intended to, you know, <laughs> to communicate that, that sort of needy, uh, you know, in your face type of personality mm-hmm. that often comes when you're putting uh, you, when your priorities are out of whack, right? Your priority is making money and making sales. And of course you've got this corporate 
behemoth breathing down your neck telling you you're fired if you don't make x amount of if you don't sell x amount of life insurance policies every month well then you know you're going to feel that pressure and you're going to react to it right and um you know if you read my book i'm quite honest that in the very early days i i was like that a little bit because i thought my job is to sell so why am i going out and doing anything other than selling yeah it's part it's part of the process very few people come with a more mature perspective from the beginning because you gotta, gotta you've you gotta go through it. That's yeah. you know, most people just gotta almost get like, you know, kicked in the teeth a few times. And what I really love about what you said there, and some some industries it's easier to do this than others. And some industries it's not even necessarily the most um, highly leveraged way to do it. But it sounds like you you basically piggybacked off of something that people know so well. And you laughed at the stigma with them. You were laughing with them, not at them. You weren't being, yep. so it's just, it's a very easy way to separate yourself from the pack. And then the beauty of that is because that's only step one. Step one is, you know, projecting that, but then step two is living up to it because you're only going to get their curiosity about that way. But then it sounds to me like, because you were that earnest person, I mean, use that as the way into kind of give people a little shift in their perspective and open up and at least see if you're the real deal, which they then found out you were. Correct. And um, the, the variation that I found on this is you could, you could take it as much today with my, my, my new business of ghostwriting, which is much sexier than insurance, but is, is nowhere near, uh, it, it's, it's very vague to people, right? And, and you don't go and Google a ghostwriter and you know, make a phone call and say, okay, you're hired. It's a relationship-oriented business. Mm. And so today I'm, I'm still doing a variation of that same strategy that I used because now when you get into the online space and depending on who you meet, I've been very blessed and fortunate to meet some of the best people in the world uh, in the, at their respective trades and professions. And I've had this, um, this, this, I, I don't want to call it a business cause it's not monetized, but it's a parallel work that I do in the background of strategic connections because I know these people and because they like me and because I have the, the drive to, you know, make the, make the meeting of the minds happen. I'm able to be in, in, <laughs> in, in rooms now and part of conversations that I would never think I could be a part of. Um, it was a couple of months ago. I had these two C-suite executives. Both of them um, are in senior, senior leadership operations or executive, uh, chief executive of companies with hundreds and hundreds of employees working underneath them. And their, their operations are worth millions of dollars, obviously. And it's these two guys meeting of the minds, you know, high level conversation and me, <laughs> this ghostwriter, this nobody, right? Sitting in this, it's a digital conversation, right? It's much easier than getting a, a, a physical meetup, but nonetheless, it's like, I keep, I keep getting this over and over. I keep be, being the go between, between person A who really needs to meet person B and they don't know each other. Mm. And so what happens when I do this is I keep getting person A and person B together. And one of them or both of them or someone else they know is looking to hire a ghostwriter has been looking for help with putting out content, writing a book, creating an online course, all these other things that I do. And that's how it works. Right. That's great. And, you know, I imagine like a lot of people, these people that need a ghostwriter, I mean, well, one, <laughs> they're, 
might not be confident in their writing skills, but even if they were, because they're so successful and so busy, they don't have the time to do it. So of course, this is the ideal type of person to find their way to someone like you, who, you know, I imagine does a good job, otherwise you wouldn't last, but also is in these fine, it's just finding his way into these conversations and basically putting yourself in front of them without trying to force it. And it's kind of like happening for you. Precisely. Um, most of the time, the people that I'm writing content for are far smarter than me. Mm. And, and, and if they really put their minds to it and they had that kind of space in their schedule, they would, they would whoop my hide on writing. Mm. Right. These are people who are very, very successful. Um, you know, they, they, they have no control over their own schedule. It's all dictated to them by, you know, their assistants and (laughs) their handlers as it were. Right. Um, there, there are people who, who travel all over the place, even during the virus, they're traveling. There are people who, you know, they, they, they would kill to find a free five minutes to unscrew their head and sit in a room by themselves and not have anybody want something from them. Mm. So for me to think that I could outperform them on print is ridiculous. However, I can outperform them in, in the amount of time I have to devote to it. You can support them in, in the real world, given the actual time and energy that they have. Correct. I, yeah. And that's, that's where the trade-off is, right? They physically don't have the time to get to it. So they buy back their time. But in the process, they get a product that they can then, you know, they might make a few tweaks here and there to it. But basically, it's deployable on the spot, mm-hmm. right? As soon as, you, as soon as you have looked over that and you said, yep, yep, yep. Okay, change this one little thing here. That's good. Change that. Yeah, okay rest of it looks good. Okay. Send it out. And then you're, you know, doing all, doing all the things that content does. You're driving up that SEO ranking and driving up that engagement and that cold traffic and getting those extra results from your email marketing. And you know how that goes. Yep, exactly. Um, So, you know, obviously there's a value we just discussed in in being earnest and being honest and just delivering. Um, Getting to your book again, you know, influencer networking secrets, to give people a preview, is there something off the top of your head that you know is in that book that you think is some high-level advice that we could share to the audience right now on how to put themselves out there or connect with the right people? Yes, I have not. <clears throat> you will not find this phrase in the book because it's come to me since I submitted the final edition. But awesome, uh, I love that. I, yep, you're still thinking it up. Yeah. Cool. But the the turn the the phrase that I've been using a lot recently, I've put it in a blog. I've used it on podcasts and all that. I call it focus on the invisible. And immediately people say, what do you mean focus? I can't see the invisible. So how do I focus on it? Exactly. Let me tell you how, right? (laughs) So um, one of the reasons that I'm able to have high level conversations with people I have no business talking to is because I I made a, a point of studying. If I was in front of a person like this and had no time to prepare, And now I have 10 minutes in a, I don't know, in a, at a conference with this person, what am I going to say to them? Right. I meet a C-suite executive. I meet a, you know, national global influencer and I've got their attention for a few minutes. What am I going to say to them? Hmm. Uh, Hi, hi, my name. No, you can't do that. Right. Not if you want to start fomenting a relationship with them. So, um, So when I say focus on the invisible, what I'm talking about is the fact that whenever you meet a person, C.S. Lewis has a great line about this. He says, um, 
I forget how he words it, but it, but it, it basically boils down to the person you meet is never an ordinary person. That person has a past, that person has a present, and that person has a future, right? They are a living, breathing story, mm-hmm. a collection of stories that, depending on how old they are, can go back years, decades even, right? Um, <clears throat> I had a guy on my show a couple of weeks ago, well, we recorded a couple of weeks ago, Charlie Meacham is his name. The guy's 90 years old, still putting out books and going on podcasts. And I was like, you were born when Herbert Hoover was president, <laughs> right? He's like, yeah, yeah. FDR was my, was the president when I was growing up in grade school. And I'm like, um, this guy's got some stories, right? And he did. In fact, that's what his whole book is about. But my point is I treat people like that. Whenever I meet them, I'm like, okay, what's the story behind this person? Where are they at currently in that story? And where are they going? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the questions you ask, right, to get to the painfully practical of this, um, are some of the best questions I've ever learned to ask. And I've never seen them fail. Not once with anybody I've ever asked this que- these questions of. Um, I always get, I just get, Somebody, lots of times I get people who suddenly get diarrhea of the mouth. I mean, they've got a ton of stuff to pour out on me when I ask. And the good thing about that is that if somebody's talking to you that much and you can have the presence of mind not to interrupt them, not to change the subject, but to let them talk, eventually they're going to tell you a pain point or a point of frustration or something that's not working. Right. And when they do that, if you have a giant mental Rolodex in your head of all the people, you know, who can help them and all the situation, you know, the opportunities that they can go to that could change that situation. And you make that connection with them. That puts you in a different category from anybody else they've ever dealt with. I'm I'm probably going to butcher this. So you'll please correct me or or edit this. But um, you asked one of these questions of me when we had our first conversation. And it was something along the lines of, you know, where, like, either, like, where do you need the, where do you need the most help on? Or like, where do you feel like, please uh, give the better version. I don't want to butcher for my audience, but you, you got something, you got a lot of info out of me out of that one question. What did you ask me? Um, well, in the book, the question is what's not going so well for you lately. Mm. And I still use that phraseology sometimes, but <clears throat> what I found really comes authentically to me. And I don't know whether this is just, the, the, the word, the phrasing is really rolls off my tongue well. And when I hear myself say it, I'm happy. I don't feel any hesitation about saying it. I'll say, what's the hardest part of being you right now? Hmm. Right. And I think for when you were asking me, like, cause we were talking about my business, it was like, you know, what's the hardest part of your business or what's the part of your business that yeah. you could use the most help in or that it was something along those lines. You're basically asking me like, you know, where do you need improvement? Like, because like, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z and it seems like it's going well, where is it not going well for you right now? And I, yep. I think those, that's kind of the direction you took me in, which, which was great. And it, um, it led to you referring me to somebody to, to help me with my business. Yep. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's what I do all the time. And the doors it opens for me, um, the people, that, that, I, that get affected positively by that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not just the person I'm asking, but also the person I'm referring. And <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like a, 
I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like a, it, it goes in multiple directions at once. So mm-hmm. the person I referred you to, then I end up referring her to the person who referred you to me <laughs> and they get together and have a productive conversation that leads to business. Mm-hmm. And yes. it just, it just goes around and around and it, it doesn't stop because now all the people that, those two are going to affect in each other's networks, right? As that relationship flowers, you can, you can, you can imagine. So one little question like that can set off a nuclear bomb's worth of good, positive value to tons of people you've never even met. I love that. And, you know, there, I, I remember hearing a version of that question um, from different sources in the, in the past, one of them saying like, if you could wave a magic wand, and fix one thing in your business or fix one thing in your life or change one, like the whole waving a magic wand. I think also that kind of resonates with people like, Oh, that means there's no limits. My brain doesn't have to close things off. Cause otherwise sometimes people, well, I'm not even going to tell him about X, Y, Z because there's nothing possible, but you know, you're like wave a magic wand and all of a sudden hopefully their brain opens up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, take the uh, take the natural. It goes back to that, you know. Focus on the invisible. Take away the natural obstacles that you see in front of your face, right? Mm. Because this world is not just physical. It's a spiritual world, and the spiritual is more powerful than the physical. Doesn't feel like it many times. Feels invisible. Feels like it's not there, but it is. The physical is so obvious, but the the invisible or the non-physical kind of like presets what happens with the physical in ways that people don't realize. Yeah, I I love the way, uh, if you'll forgive a, a, a reference to the Bible, I love the way Jesus describes it. He says the mm-hmm. the wind blows and you, and you feel it on your skin and you hear it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. Mm. And that's the way it is with the spirit. Got it. Love that. Awesome. Um, I'm not sure how fair this question is because it's not very specific. It's, it's general by nature <laughs> because I'm not giving you a specific industry, but feel free to insert one. But I guess for people listening, if, if you were starting from scratch in any industry or even specific one, and you're like, okay, I've got to start from the beginning and I got to start like getting a network of really good people. Like what kind of move or moves might you make to get yourself on the right track to getting in front of those people? Well, I want to preface this by saying that um, one of the mistakes I made was that I didn't really, in the insurance industry, I didn't really know my why. Mm. I didn't have one. Back then, I had very skewed vision, spiritually speaking, um, and it wasn't even a category for me. So I would would start with every, every successful enterprise begins in the mind of a human being or in the minds of, you know, several human beings. Hmm. so that's the first thing you got to know why. And you also got to know who, because believe me, I've networked with a lot of people that, that, that really wasn't any point. Right. I went out and added value like the, out of, like the wazoo, like the wazoo. Is that an expression? I don't even know. <laughs> up um, the wazoo or something. Up the wazoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went out and added value to them and they never even, oh, you know, they, the most I ever got was, Oh, thanks. And then never heard from him. Nothing. Mm. Right. And I just, it, it's just, I chalk it up to learning. I just, I didn't understand. You can't go out. And that's why one of the chapters of my book is called the curator. You can't just go out and do this willy nilly to anybody. 
you got to be very specific about who you do this for. Because it's not necessarily that the person you do it for is the client. They're just the conduit, right? Um, they can be the client sometimes, but they're not always. They, they, many times they're just the conduit. They are the people who have the ear of the people you want to do business with. Mm-hmm. Now, the way you duplicate the message so that they begin transmitting it is by adding value to them. And when, you, when I say adding value, you can obviously bring them clients or referrals, but you can also uh, interview them and, and, and offer them pro bono publicity. You can participate. Not-for-profit is for profit. These are chapters in my book. You can, you can serve on a board with them or participate in, in something they care about. You know, Jason Gaynard had a great saying, the way to a rich man's heart is through his charity, right? Um, <clears throat> and um, and you, can, you can be very persuasive in print, right? You can, you can be useful to them, creating uh, simple ways for them to get what they want right? And written communication, it's not only written communication, but, um, but there are, are ways to do that. So be, you know, know your why and know your who, but once you start doing that, i I'm living, breathing proof that you can do this when you're flat broke. So you don't need money, hmm. right? You just need the will and you need to know what you have time to do what you, how much time you have to use the talent that you have for the person you identify as your who. Mm, it's not even about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness. So I think what I'm stealing from Tony Robbins on that one. You're born with, you have the resources, mm. right? I, and I know when we say resources, we mean money. But the resources that, that I'm talking about are spiritual ones, right? Um, so if, if you have a talent with words, like I do, then that's a resource. If you have a talent with organizing and coaching and seeing systems and making things, you know, making systems improve and, and all that, then you have a resource. Mm. Right. Money is just the reward for using your resource well. I love that. That's awesome. Cool. Oh, wow. There's... <laughs> It's so funny. My, my brain's like going in like 20 different directions as you talk about this. Um, really, really cool. So well, let's talk about your show real quick. So, I mean, you've got the book and you've got the show and you've got the same title for them. Um, what, like, what inspired you to actually do it in more than one format? Like how come you're, you're doing both as a podcast and as a book? Um, another, another hard lesson learned, really. Um, the podcast was the only thing I went through 17 months with no income to get to when my business took off at the beginning of this year. Wow. Um, and all that time, I didn't understand putting forward a congruent uh, series of offerings. So I wrote two books prior to this one that had different titles that if, you don't, if, I, if you're not a nationally established, very famous, recognizable author are easily going to throw confusion and muddy the waters. Mm. Okay. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins can get away with having a podcast named one thing and a book named the other because everybody knows who Tony Robbins is. I'm Paul Edwards. Not everybody knows who I am. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So not yet. (laughs) So, but influencer networking secrets, if you Google it, that's, what's going to come up is me. Right. 
If you Google the podcast, it comes up with me. If you Google the book, when it comes out, it comes, it's going to come up with me, right? There's, there's no confusion about that. And until such time as I have the degree of name recognition that Tony Robbins does, that's what I've found is very useful. Uh, you know, the, the color scheme, same thing. When we designed the cover, I said, I want it to look like this. I want those dark the black, you know, dark gray charcoal colors mixed with gold because that's what my audience is used to. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you'll find on my LinkedIn page. That's what you'll find on my Facebook page. That's what you'll find on my Instagram, on my YouTube channel that nobody watches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so gotcha. I, I'm not, I'm not working on it that much, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I, Hey, as someone who just started YouTube, I, I know the bandwidth that it takes. So much oh, respect yeah. to you. Cool. So you even mentioned it, like you mentioned Google, you mentioned all these resources. Like if someone wants to reach out to you and get to know you more and connect, like what is the best link or links or best way or ways for them to do so? Well, we're going to have a special uh, URL actually for on any of your listeners who would like to get a free copy, Andrew, when the book comes out in September. So um, my website is the Paul S as in Simon Edwards.com. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to create the paulsedwards.com forward slash shatter the mold. And I'll get mm. that to you. You can put it in the show notes and anybody who signs up there on the mailing list, uh, we will reach out to them at the time the book becomes available. And all you got to do is pay the shipping. We'll send the book to you. You can have it a digital ber- version if you prefer. Um, just get your email in there. And as soon as we've got copies of the book ready, we'll get in contact with you and get them on the way. I love it. So, and you know, you're obviously you're given real value here and there are people out there that might be interested in taking a, a right away step. So I'm even, I'm going to personally, I'm going to hold on to this interview to launch so that when that's actually ready, there, there won't be a delay for people. They can dive right in. So we'll, we'll have this time dwell for people listening because I, I love the, the real insight that you've shared here. And I think there's, there's so much more gold waiting for that. So, so first of all, thank you so much for, for doing that extra bit for my audience. And thank you for, for being here. Um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to time this so that people can, uh, can get that link right away and it'll be up in the show notes. Um, with that said, I guess one final question I want to leave you with, and I'm, I'm sure you've got a good answer. Like if you could go back to uh, the version of you 10 years, 15, even 20 years ago and give them advice, like what's the number one piece of advice that you would want to share with that version of Paul Edwards? Renounce your pride. Um, and this is a bit of a biblical thing again, but um, so much of what we're looking at right now around the world, all the problems, all the quarrels, the fights, the violence and all that. um, I know this is probably, you know, in a bit of a different direction than, you know, maybe a business hack or, you know, get literate about the internet, right? 15 years ago would have been been (laughs) business and life. Whatever good advice is, is good advice, right? Well, and as a, f- a friend of mine points out, you know, uh, I have a friend who's a business coach. He says, it's not my fault that entrepreneurs and executives bring their personal lives with them when they come to work, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't separate the one from the other. And as a matter of fact, um, pride is, is as dangerous, if not more so, in business than it is in your personal life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I had an awful, awful lot of pride growing up um, on some other shows I've been on, I've, I've I've said I'm recovering egomaniac. Um, and I, if, if I could go back 15 years, let's see, that was, yeah, 
2005 or so. And I was a young soldier in the military at that time. I'd say renounce pride, renounce Mm -hmm. pride, walk away from it. Awesome. Words of wisdom, Mr. Paul Edwards, thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks again for sharing your, your gifts and your wisdom. And uh, I'm excited for, for your book to come out. Just again, based on what I know about you and based on the conversation we've had here today, I, I think it's going to be a really, just really excellent, really just a fun book to read in terms of the, all the insights that people can get. And it sounds to me like it's going to be pretty actionable stuff, man. So thanks so much for being here, man. This is awesome, awesome chat. Hey, Andrew, thanks so much for having me. It was great to be here. Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you again so much, Paul. I really appreciate that awesome interview. Guys, again, just to reaffirm, thepauledwards.com slash shatter the mold. That'll take you to a special link where you can sign up to get your free advanced copy of this book. And that's called Influencer Networking Secrets. And of course, I'll put that link up for you on the interview page at shatterthemoldpodcast.com as well. Uh, so, you know, you've got your way to get there. So um, take advantage. It's it's a really awesome book, and this guy really does know his stuff. Of course, um, quick reminder before I go, please, if you haven't done so already, now's the time to hit that subscribe button. Leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you think about the podcast content thus far. And, of course, a reminder, you can always go to lastlawofattractionbook.com if you want to check out my book on Amazon or Audible right there. Again, it's audio format. It's Kindle, it's paperback, whatever format works best for you. And of course, feel free to hit youtube.com slash Andrew Cap if you want to see the video content that I'm making around the law of attraction in support of that book. With that said, guys, I'm out, but I've got another interview, I'm sure, on the way shortly. Maybe even tomorrow, you might be surprised. Until then, have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.